Hello, this is Chris O'Regan, and you're listening to The Sausage Factory. of The Sausage Factory. Welcome! In this episode, I chat to Americ Thower of The Game Bakers about the action-adventure RPG, Haven. Now, if you recognise Americ's name, you might be a very long-time listener, for he has appeared before, yes, way back in episode 104 of The Sausage Factory. Way back. Again, I said the word way back. The words. What's it going? Oh, yeah! July 2017, that's when Emmerich first appeared on the Sausage Factory, talking about the action-adventure, combat, sort of beat-em-up, boss battle game, Fury, which was featured in a previous episode of Kane and Rince. And we did a remaster reissue of Fury to celebrate, or sort of launch it alongside the episode of Kane and Rince. But here we are, talking about Haven. I really like Haven, I love the two characters in it the 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 relationship they have and the 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 strange story that sort of unfolds as you play through it's an incredible game really 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 fun and exciting action adventure game that i first encountered at pax east last year when we used to do uh events and that kind of thing and uh i when i played it i felt compelled to reach out to america again and he agreed to appear in the sausage factory which is very nice of him so Without further ado, let's listen to me from the past talking about Haven with this developer. Chris, take it away. Americ, who are you and what do you do? So I'm a French video game developer. I'm the co-founder of uh, the studio The Game Bakers. And um, as I co-founded 10 years ago with my partner Audrey Le Prince. And we've made a bunch of games. Uh, the last one in 2016 was Fury. Uh, and I've been here before to talk about this game. And now I'm back to talk about uh, Haven, our new game, which is going to release in a couple of days. It, well, at the time of recording, 
although when it's released, we'll be, it's in the future. Uh, where will be the, the show will be released? But yes, it's very much a thing, and it's an amazing experience. And uh, America's right; he has been on before. Let's build a bit of numbers here. Episode one zero four. That is when America was on for talking about Fury. We re-released that in January twenty nineteen. Why? Well, because it featured in episode three hundred and seventy four of volume eight of Kane and Rince the other, you know, flagship podcast of the Kane and Rince family, where they discussed and de- delved into Fury in great detail. So I thought, why not re-release episode 104? So I did. So that went over very well. So maybe we'll do that again with Haven. Who knows? <laughs> um, but uh, so because Americ's been a return guest, regular listeners will know that when we have return guests, there's some questions we don't ask again. If you want to know the answer to the, you know, question two, three, and possibly four, but we could ask four again. But two and three, which is how did you make your start making video games and what your influences are, we've already covered that. <laughs> so uh, although the influences may change, they do actually change. Most artists do find their influences changes as they grow and evolve as creators. But I think for the purposes of expediency, let us move on. Um, we could ask a question four again. It's a bit of fun because it might have changed, or opinion may have changed, or you may want to highlight someone else. But uh, you know, the question was, what developer do you most admire in the industry, and why? Hmm. Well, I mean, there are two ways to answer this question. It's yes. Was a who do I admire since forever, and mm. this is going to be. Probably a lot of uh, Japanese developers like Shinji Mikami or uh, Miyazaki, the makers of the Souls games, or Kojima or Yoko Taro. The Goichi usual Suda. suspects, basically. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, and that's probably didn't change since Fury and will never change. No. But uh, I can't, I, I mean, recently, I've just finished playing the Pathless from Giant Squid, right. and uh, I've the been creator... trying to get them on the show. So if you if you have any contacts, that would be great. Tell us about yeah. the Pathless because it's it reminds me a lot visually of Haven, only slightly, but there's some similarities Actually, there. It's pretty fun because um, the creator Matt Nava is. He has released Abzu, the previous game, the first game of Giant Squid. So basically, this guy worked on Journey. He was the art director, then created his own studio, Giant Squid, and made Abzu, which released the year where Fury released. And then he releases the Pathless, and we made Haven uh, during, during that time as well. And, and I don't know, I feel very connected to... I mean, he... I admire his work because he basically makes games that I can't make. I, I would like to make games like that, but I know that I don't have, I don't know, the, the talent or the skills or the, the, the right skills. I can make other games, but I can't make games like that. And I think he, he, he did something that I wanted to do in Haven better than I could do it. It's the, the overall simplicity. 
So when you play the passless, it's beautiful. Okay, he's a, he's an art director, so I'm more a gameplay kind of guy, and he's more an art kind of guy for sure. So it's it's really beautiful. But most most of all, it's it's really really um, r- relaxing uh, because the because of the game design choices. It's super simple. There is no nothing that you find in in modern games with a lot of, you know, items and and money and and stuff that you know, currencies and and a lot of um, upgrades and whatever. It's super simple and super chill, and and that's I think exceptional these days. Yeah, it just focuses on what really matters. Uh, with regards to that particular title, I'm not going to delve into it too much, but uh, I have it on uh, PlayStation 5, and uh, it really sings with that game because there's that system, that platform, because of the controller, that haptic controller, mm. which is fantastic, that sort of really sings with that platform. And I'm a big fan of that controller. It really sits into the hand rather neatly, I think. Um, some people think it's a little bit too big. They may be, tr- may be right, but I like the Duke on the original Xbox. So what do I know? Uh, <laughs> um, but no, uh, good shout, good shout out on that. And uh, this relates to my next question, which I do like to ask all guests whether they're returning or not, because it's a topical question. Not, not many topical questions exist in this show. But um, mm. I'm going to ask you this, and uh, you may have already answered it because you just said you've finished the pathless. But what are you playing right now? Uh, so yeah, the pathless for sure. I I just finished it, but mm-hmm. now I I can't I I can't say exactly what I'm playing right now because it would be revealing what I want to do next. So I, I'm I'm playing. I'm benchmarking reference games for what I could nice. do me- next. Is there so anything gonna, in yeah. recent history you've you've played? Then I don't want to. Yeah, the last thing I want to do is for you to reveal what. So, is anything <laughs> in recent apart from the path? Is there anything else that has caught your imagination in at least the last six months or so? Um, if uh, Nothing that that uh, is going to influence me. The, the games that are going to influence me are, are probably way older. But what I played this year that is really important to me, for sure, there is going to be Death Stranding. It's probably going to be my my uh, my goatee, my game of the year. And I finished The Last of Us Part Two, of, of course. But the other game that I really, really like playing, uh, I played two games this year with my five-year-old daughter, The Passless, and she took the, the gamepad, and that was really incredible to see her play a video game by herself. So I loved playing that game with her. And we also played co-op uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 on the Switch. And, oh, wow. and yeah. this was really, really fun. We played the game... We like we finished it together, co-op, and she couldn't do everything because some some of the the moves are a bit complicated for a, a young child. But she could move, she could highlight ghosts, she could help me solve puzzles. Actually, she was <laughs> way better than me at that. 
So uh, that was that was really really nice. That's wonderful. And that game, what a triumph of a game for Nintendo! Yet another one. Um, but um, yeah, that's a real excellent. Um, yeah, as a as a developer, I don't I don't know how you can still do that kind of game. It's so there's so much variety in the animations, so many gameplay features, so many details. So uh, it's really really impressive. Yeah, yeah. And I was really surprised to see that it was a Western studio who made it. It's driven by Nintendo. But it's actually a, a Western team. It's not a Japanese team. Wow! Does it does sometimes happen? But yeah, yeah. Yeah, like like Metroid Prime was done that, that way. It was. Uh, yeah. That must be that must be uh, that must be something to be driven by Nintendo because the way they make games, you know that it's not the same process. It's uh, it's a, a different creative process. Must be quite intimidating though, actually doing that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but some people step up to the plate and go, "I can do this." Yeah. Fine, okay. Oh. If you if you're willing to listen to our strange reasons as to why we say no, that has to be green. But no, it really does. I'm giving an example, but something you know, there's a no. You, we we don't like this. Do it like this. But it doesn't <laughs> really trust us. Do it like this. So yeah, that's good. Okay, well, that's a really good roster of games. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I did get Death Stranding for free because I bought a new graphics card. Not one of the 3080s. I bought it just before they came out because I reasons. Mm-hmm. And I, I got a 2070 Super, which is fine. Fine for my needs. More than fine. You and I know that. That's a very good, very good card. Uh, and... Uh, so uh, and I got they just gave it they gave you Death Stranding for free so there you go I, I've got it on my hard drive I need incredible to... yeah it's, uh, yeah <laughs> no, I, it's, I, it's I... not a game for everyone for sure but uh, mm-hmm. it, if we're talking about games that that could have gone wrong <laughs> this one is a good example yeah it's 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 there is uh, there is no way that it works on paper you're going to be a delivery guy. And the gameplay is going to be about not falling. You're going to put some boxes on your back and you're going to walk. And it's going to be my next game after Metal Gear. <laughs> so it, there is, there is, there is, I don't know how we made that happen. It's, no, it's it just, you, you describe it and um, you try to talk, imagine pitching that to a design manager or someone and, a, and like, get out, get out of my office. <laughs> Clear your desk. Don't come back again. Yeah. <laughs> this is a terrible idea. No one cares about yeah. stacking boxes on the back on their back. This is absurd. I, uh, honestly, I would never have allowed that if I was, I don't know, the boss of Sony or the boss of yeah. any company putting money in that. I would have said, yeah. no way. Go away. Never going to work. You're crazy idea. But but this is Kojima. And, mm. you know, you know there's, there's, he's a, ever since Penguin Adventure... And when, uh, sorry, regular listeners. Whenever I hear Kojima, always everyone goes to Metal Gear Solid. No, no, no. Further back than that, there's his first game that he produced, which is Penguin Adventure on the MSX. And trust me, there's bits to that game are all weird. Anyway, <laughs> so well, I think we'll we'll now motor in and just just delve into uh, delve in headfirst, or is it float around using anti-grav boots with? Hey, <laughs> <laughs>
So, nice one. before we can talk about Haven, I want you, in your own words, Emeric, so best of luck with this, because I don't know how you're going to do this. What is Haven? Uh, okay, so I'm not going to do my commercial pitch because no. this would be no, too no. easy. Yeah. Um, well, I've said that before, but for me, it's really uh, the experience. There are two kind of, of uh, things that I want the player to, to, to leave after he played the game. First, I want the game, the game experience to be a break, uh, a bit like what I said for, about the pathless. I want that game to be something that gives you a break from AAA games and from, I don't know, games that make you think too much because they are complicated. Complexity brings a lot of depth and value and interest, but it's also tiring. And I wanted that game to be uh, a break. Uh, so that's for me. It's a. It's, it's part of what Haven is, and apart from that, it's a travel with two friends. You have to start that game because you're interested about their story and the love story and the mystery. But when you leave, ideally. They became your family or your friends or you you are in love with them somehow. So that's the trouble with them, yeah. I, there's so much to say. We're going to delve into it, but there's, some, there's more things that I'm going to say before I start asking specific design questions. And the Haven is anchored around two people. Two people who've known each other for... It's difficult to know how long. And that's really lovely mm-hmm. that I'm not entirely sure how long. Is it months? Is it years? It's difficult to know. Even when I've played it quite a lot, it's still I've, that question. And it's lovely that I don't know. It's probably not important. But they certainly know each other and to the point where they spend a lot of the time teasing each other, making jokes at each other's expense, knowing that that's okay because their relationship is strong enough not to be not to suddenly disintegrate uh, between them. And it is a man and a woman, and uh, it's Kay and you, uh, beautifully rendered, both in 3D in the, in the game world and also the 2D um, um, drawings that are, that are just wonderfully put together. But the first thing that struck me when I started playing Haven was that it brought back memories of watching certain dramas and sci-fi dramas when I was very young. Now, I'm quite old, I'm going to admit that. And, uh, I mean, I hit 50 this month, so, you know, make it that way. I'm a child of the 70s and 80s, <laughs> uh, not the 90s. I'm a child of principally the 70s and 80s. And because of that, there were some very strange science fiction TV shows that appeared, and films. Mm-hmm. And whether it was intentional or not, I don't know, Merrick, but I definitely got the same vibe. Same vibe yeah. from those sci-fi it... shows. that Because they were weird, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> and not I'm saying Haven's weird, but it has that same kind of... You know, you know, kind of, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually very much on purpose. Um, so just let me give, a, like, for the podcast audience, yeah. uh, the, a better pitch of what Haven is is more like it's Romeo and Juliet, but in space. So, yeah, it's sci-fi, but it's a couple in love. They love each other. They, they just they didn't meet right now. They are in love since years. And they don't have the right to be together anymore. Uh, and we learn why throughout the game, but they had to escape. And because it's sci-fi, they escape to not, not a different city, not a different country, but a different planet. It's supposed to be a deserted planet. And they arrive there, and then <laughs> more drama and adventure happens. But that's, that's really the pitch of the game. And this, the kind of old sci-fi treatment is very much on purpose. It's, it, I almost call it a cyber fantasy, a bit like Fury, rather than sci-fi, because it's um, basically technology is powered by some kind of energy that it's a bit like magic. It's, it's more, um, it's technology, but it looks a bit old. Uh, it's very relati relatable. It's not something um, that it's very far away from what we see in movies and what we see in sci-fi movies and as being the future. It's more uh, what I, uh, yeah, in a way, the references uh, we had was uh, uh, it's kind of sci-fi you see in old Japanese manga. I think Dragon Ball is the most obvious. But um, there are some other references. And this was chosen uh, because um, I feel that it makes the technology feel more cozy. And this game is has had to be cozy. So we wanted to not to make it too cold. And um, that kind of energy flying stuff, glowing stuff, round shapes, um, sometimes old items that even in 2020 we don't have anymore, like a teapot, but an old one or uh, that, yeah, that gives uh, old sci-fi feeling. Yeah, I mean, I was drawn and I thought, oh, it's kind of like Silent Running or Dark Star or... Uh, or, or, or things like that that were nineteen mm -hmm. seventies um, yeah. sci-fi. That that's what it just you know there were some weird cartoons as well that I watched as a kid. I can't remember their names. That's what I remember fragments of memories of watching these very strange sci-fi cartoons that uh, evoked a similar sort of atmosphere. And uh, yeah, all the things you're, you're mentioning too. So I'm glad that that was I was right. To think that, yeah, that's where they're coming from because they're warmer. They're more about. And at at the time, I remember that all these shows, like the not not the cartoons, but the real TV shows, real shows, because there was no 3D and no CGI and no, it was all uh, crafted visual effects. Yeah. And and that 
participated to give this weird but uh, kind of yeah, crafty feeling. And I think it's uh, interesting to... I, I like that aesthetic and I, I want to, to recreate that in the games rather than because I can make some, you know, very complicated UI and, and I don't know, too uh, robotic uh, stuff, too advanced technology. It's, it's not uh, as fun. <laughs> No, no. It's, uh, you want Star Renegades for that, which is fine. <laughs> but um, in Haven, it's your first question there, Emmerich. In Haven, the player really does need to engage with both Kay and you. They do. You know, to care about them and to empathise with them and be concerned for their plight. What do you do in terms of gameplay design if, it, if it, indeed you have done anything objectively, what have you done to encourage the player to relate to this couple? And they are a couple, everyone. They're not, you know, um, just you know, starting to fall in love. They, they, they're, in, they're embedded in their relationship. When you encounter them, they are a bickering but loving couple. What do you do? To do, what do you do to, in the, the design to encourage people to relate to them? Uh, well, it's, it's a sum of a lot of small design choices. Uh, I think the biggest one is first to choose uh, to for them to be a couple. That that was actually very very. Mm, I mean, people didn't believe in that choice. Uh, at the beginning, we pitched the game to many publishers. Uh, we thought we we wouldn't be able to to self-publish it uh, at at one point, but we eventually we could. But um, publishers, some publishers told me, this is not going to work. You should make a boy meets girl story. It's going to be more. Uh, uh, it's going to be stronger. And I was saying. Yeah, it's going to be much more like so many other stories, and I want to be unique because that's how uh, indie dev works. We have to surprise people, and um, so first thing is to make a couple. The story of a couple uh, it, it opens the gate of being relatable uh, because people. There are so many details we can play with uh, that people can uh, relate to. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that was a big choice. But after that, the whole the narration system where you spend time with, with them at the moment you usually don't see in adventure games. If you play an RPG, you're going to have adventure cutscenes, then you go to a village, you're going to talk to NPCs, they're going to give you weapons, and maybe you have a cutscene at the inn once in the game, and then you go on and one character dies, and you have a cutscene, it's emotional, and and so on. But it's all going to be about saving the world and doing that kind of... Uh, it's that kind of story. Here, you spend a lot of time just uh, watching them uh, cook, uh, sleep, eat, uh, uh, water the plants, uh, repair their sheep, uh, or just chat. So spending that time with them is a big part of 
um, empathizing. Or I'm not sure I'm, I'm seeing that right. No, but, uh, that's spot on. Yeah. Empathy. It's yeah, yeah. That's I'm happy you used yeah. that word. That's what you did. You need to, yeah. You need to spend time with uh, the characters to start loving them, and and so first decision was to to make the room for that time in the game. So that that was another choice. But then you can go in depth and see that it's not only that you have in the controls of the characters, the way they glide, the way they, they come close, they hold hands. When you just drop the pad and wait, they're going to hug or kiss. And it's even, even going to give them a bit of health back. Um, they're going to uh, level up by spending a really intimate moment and I'm not talking about sex but I'm talking about a memorable moment together and that's where how they level up um, so all these things when you stack up all these little decisions that's how you created that uh, empathy towards them that's it it's about people about these two couples and this now what could have happened and I'm going to go on to my next question first but they they could have been annoying, Emmerich. Right? <laughs> right? They could have so easily gone because let's face yeah. it, couples in their mid twenties can be really annoying. No offense to anyone mm-hmm. listening of that age group, but you people are crazy, uh, and you you do devil. You, you basically they, they go into extremes, and these two are definitely seem to be in the early twenty, early to mid twenties. Uh, yeah, and, um, that could have been, but actually we avoided that by being really uh, demanding on the writing. And uh, I, I often say that I killed three writers on this game, um, unfortunately <laughs> for them. Yeah, yeah. That, that was difficult. Uh, in terms of development, that was... We didn't know how the game would play. We didn't know how to write the story. And it was a vicious circle. And the writers who came in uh, were really good. But as we didn't have the gameplay, it was difficult for them to write. And and it was difficult for them to write something relatable. So it lasted for almost two years before... uh, we found the right person and three writers were uh, worked on the game and, and their work was, we kept a lot of what they, 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 they did, but eventually we found uh, Pierre Corbinet who, who wrote all the dialogues and who had the right, the right tone, which made them relatable, um, realistic, uh, very funny and, um, moving as well so yeah it changed everything when he, he came in the team yeah it was believable that's what got yep. me about them because if they're annoying it means there might be something that's not believable about them that the exchanges they're having is artificial stunted didn't mm-hmm. flow wasn't realistic wasn't this kind of thing you would see a couple of this age say or do you, 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 they say something. Do you expect a couple in their forties to say? You and I have both seen that. Like, oh, <laughs> I think the writer's projecting a bit here, and that can happen, you know, uh, because you're human. But somehow, I don't know how you did it, but uh, you've you reached an amazing balance because 
haven is anchored around the bond between these two people. It's not just about it's not about the flying and the f- combat, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. But for me, and maybe um, this is how I've embraced the game that is Haven, is that it's about two people struggling against severe adversity, uh, which they try their best to laugh off, but there really is nothing to laugh about, and that's that's what keeps them going. Um. Next question. Anti-gravity boots. They wear these boots to move around the the landscape, don't they? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's a really unique and very freeing method of movement. Uh, how was, did this come about? Is this, was this the first inclination that you'd have them floating above the landscape about three feet? <laughs> what, what was this about? Where did this come from? Well, I liked the, the adjective you used, freeing, because it's really easy intention um, and also a very important adjective for me as it was uh, the core of, of the meaning of fury and the core of the meaning of haven, it's about being free. Um, but the boots, um, is, is also, they are also the reason why we, we had troubles uh, for a year during production because we removed them for a year and the game was not there until we put them back uh, so the, the idea behind that is in RPGs especially Japanese RPGs you have to travel a lot, you walk you explore uh, cities, you explore countryside, you explore uh, mountains, dungeons and the challenge is either to fight creatures tactically or to reach some kind of part of a dungeon. But moving is just moving a 3D character in a 3D world, and there is no skill, no... It's not a matter of skill, but there is no fun in moving the character by himself. It's just the way you reach an objective. And I wanted to improve on that and to make something that is fun and relaxing and and um, pleasant to do when you are a couple. So for me, it's a bit like going through down a, a ski slope with your companion, and instead of being snow, it's tall grass. But uh, there is something that's relaxing and also a bit thrilling. You can go faster than by walking, and you can take turns like a bit like you're drifting. And uh, this was really um, intended to make the what we call traversal gameplay um, not challenging, but at least uh, fun, simply fun, and then. Once we had that, we added the objective to follow flow threads to gather energy and to clean the rust uh, from the the fragments. Yeah, because it's either if you don't have traversal, as when this is caught, you know, you do experience traversal a lot in in Haven. 
If you don't have that to be particularly engaging or entertaining, you will suffer what I call the wind waker effect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's a great game, but I, I remember yeah. doing that. Uh, yeah. Are we just, there yet? Uh, Are we there? No, you're not. I mean, is it just more water? <laughs> Initially, when you first start that game, your eyes open. Oh, look at this. Look at the water. water. Look at the effect. This is amazing. It was. It was. <laughs> and then after a fair few hours of that, it's like, oh, God. Was, are we there? No. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah. And thankfully, Haven does. In fact, there's lots of things that happen around that you have, you have to prepare to start moving out. You can't just go wandering around willy-nilly. Because, and this leads on to my next question, there is some micromanagement going on with regards to the health and well-being of Kay and you, this, 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 this couple. They need their sleep and they need to eat. Especially you, she likes her eat, she likes her food. Oh boy. <laughs> she does like her food. and um, yep. So there's a lot of management and food and sleep in Haven. Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, uh, there Why, is what? not a lot of it. It's there, there though, my friend. Bit... It's it's there, and the, the when there, I say it's, it's a lot, I'm saying it's, it's there, there for a reason. Yes. Why? Well, tell us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 there. Uh, maybe because I'm French, but there it, is that. Yeah. It's it's just that um, eating, prepare, cooking, eating. Uh, sleeping is a big part of what a daily couple life is. <laughs> it's really important. So um, it, it's it, it's where the memorable moments, where the bonding happens uh, a lot as well. That's why actually in the game you gain experience points. We call them relationship points, but it's a uh, it's not even it doesn't have a name in the game, but you basically gain experience. But if you look at the balancing in the numbers that I only have, uh, uh, it's really really small what you gain by combat, and really really big what you gain by uh, crafting a good meal and spending time together. So yep, that's that's that was the idea. I wanted to push. It's um, you grow as a team and as a couple uh, by spending time to moment together and exchanging ideas and and uh, doing stuff more than you know hitting creatures. Well, yeah, I mean, even then we'll talk about that in a second. But I do notice that I love I love the relationship. That this couple has to the creatures on this planet, it is it is in no way, in no way adversarial at all. Um, these two love them a lot. They even have, mm-hmm. you know, for me, uh, Haven could be renamed the 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 the, the Burble and and Oink show um, because. <laughs> You know, uh, I'm not really nice. spoiling anything, but I I do like Oink. We're going yeah. going back to the nest and okay. finding Oink. The first thing I do, even if I've got a major like repair to do, first thing I do is give him a scratch because you cool. know, 
you got to do that. You got to look after all. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I do think there is a spin-off episode where where Burble and 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 Oik go off on the, on an adventure somewhere. That would be lovely. Um, probably, uh, yeah. yeah, you could think I'm of. Good. Yeah, it'd be, be fantastic. I'm sure they'll get on. I will. I will keep the idea for sure. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Uh, it's not. It's not adversarial. Actually, in the no. game, you when you 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 win a fight against rusted creatures. So these creatures yes. are aggressive. These creatures are dangerous. You end up uh, pacifying them, which means basically cleaning the rust out of them and making yes. them peaceful again and uh so you don't yeah you don't kill the creatures you make them peaceful and after the fight you can see them in the environment and now they're peaceful and you can interact a little bit with them and uh befriend one or two yeah there was one uh, like a beetle we took on that attacked us yeah and then immediately afterwards the first action i did is calm him down because they were freaking out. I like I like the idea of of you know scratching and petting. Yeah. Pretty pretty uh, uh, disgusting creatures. Yeah. Because a, a beetle is is even though it has a flower on his carp in his uh, yeah. carapace. It's big, big. But cat. still, it's it's still a big, huge beetle with yeah. many eyes. Yeah. <laughs> but when you you start petting it, well, it's fine. It's fine. And there's also, yeah, the lizards have like mushrooms sticking out of their backs, and oh, yeah. and so. and you makes comment on that. It's quite funny, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's they have a wonderful relationship with the creatures. They don't, mm. they yeah. That's the other seventies stuff to sort of reeked of me, like you know, being one with nature and uh, not being seeing them as uh, an, uh, the other, but a part of what they are. It's just lovely. It was great. So. But some time to time, I mean, we haven't really spoken about the plot because we don't want to, because I don't want to spoil anything. But there is, on these, this island or this this planet, I should say, I'm not going to say any more than. But this planet has has got some strange red stuff on it. They call rust. It's not actual rust, but this is a it's a it's a it's a thing that exists that you have to. Uh, well, you don't have to, but yeah, you do to progress the story. But you have to remove basically, because it's actually corrupting the uh, creatures and other things. It's doing other things as well, but I'm going to allude to that. But the obvious thing it's doing is it's corrupting creatures. So you do have combat. And the combat in Haven is, I've described it in my, my notes here, is uh, semi-turn-based, um, but real-time as well. Yeah, um, semi-real-time. Semi-real-time <laughs> is probably a better way to describe it, not turn-based. Uh, but it's semi-real-time. Can you talk us through the semi-real-time mechanic and how it, and how you came about developing it? Because it's very difficult to describe until you experience it. Um, but really, to, to the listener, what happens is you commit to an action, but you don't have to release that action until the optimum moment. That's the crux. There's other combinations of it, but ultimately you have a variety of actions available to you, like shielding yourself. And if you shield, then you can actually defend the other character before they get attacked. Uh, so they actually take the brunt of the damage. A similar mechanic that exists for paladins in Dungeons and Dragons, uh, if you're familiar with that. So um, just, just talk us through, how did you design this? How did it come about? 
like I always do, I, I take a gamepad in my hands and the, the screen is off. The, I'm not even in front of the computer. Uh, but I, I just try, try to project myself what inputs do I want to make in this game. So here I had two characters. I knew it was a game with two characters and a couple. And then I tried to think, okay, what do I do with my, with my thumbs and my fingers to make them fight? And um, so basically in the game, the pad is split in half. All the left side is one character, all the right side is the other character. And you have to either, um, you have to charge orders by pushing buttons, the uh, facet buttons or the D-pad. You charge your orders, and when you release, they, they are going to do the action. And you have to coordinate, uh, either uh, synchronize or, or, or chain actions uh, to fight efficiently. Either one character is going to shield and defend, the other is going to attack, or you're going to do both of them attack with different types of attacks, or you are going to have them do the same attack and do uh, what we call a duo uh, a duo attack, so they're gonna do uh, one attack uh, combined together, and it's a. It feels a little bit like a rhythm game to me. It has a kind of, you know, sensuality of pressing, holding, releasing, and you have to coordinate your your two sums basically. So that's that's how it it, it came, and I can also compare this to what I imagine would be a nice you know, beach volley or uh, something where you have to coordinate two characters doing a pass to each other and then a smash or something like that. Right, yeah. Oh, I see. So you modelled it in a similar vein to volleyball in that you actually... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, have to... I think sports do really good uh, base for uh, action and combat systems. That nice. you transfer into, you know, sci-fi or fantasy stuff. Yeah, because many of them are ritualized combat, aren't they? Not all of them, of course, but many of them are. Yeah, but even yeah, yeah. here it's a team team-based uh, system. But you know, volleyball, two teams. Here it's UNK against creatures, and yep. you have to, you know, coordinate and, uh, and chain attacks to score uh, a hit, basically. So. Pretty, pretty similar to me. Yeah. Actually, Fury was uh, tennis-inspired, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I wonder where those aces were coming from. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Haven was developed and published by the Game Bakers. Now, at this point, at this point, America, I would actually ask you where the name of Game Bakers come from, but you've already told us that. You've already told us that. So <clears throat> go back to episode 104 where America expands on that. So um, it is out. Now, the platforms I have written here are based on the press release. And forgive me if I get them wrong. But uh, do let me know if there's any additional ones you'd like to highlight. But Windows PC, uh, Xbox One, uh, Xbox Series X, which is the version I played, uh, and Series S, and PlayStation 5. Is that right? Yes, that's right. For December 3... And for 
early next year. Early I next can't year. Commit on a date, but uh, you know, like not, no. first yeah. first quarter, first quarter. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna see PS4 and Nintendo Switch. Nintendo well. Switch. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's it's, it's so pretty one... much everything. Yeah. Every, all of the things. All of the things. Um, <laughs> It's uh, it's an excellent game. Uh, it's it's the it's the game that's drawn me away from Assassin's Creed, which is kind of hard, but it happened. Uh, uh, and uh, Valhalla, that is. And uh, and you mentioned you know complicated games. There's a complicated game. <laughs> yeah, actually, when I used to work uh, in a AAA company, Ubisoft. Okay. I had to play a lot of AAAs. Uh, even if I didn't like that, I had to play to know the competition. Yeah. And I remember playing Call of Duty, which is a game I don't really like, but I had to play it to know yeah. my job. And I played Call of Duty, and it was so exhausting to me. <laughs> even if it's a simple game, there are so many actions, the pacing is tiring. That I remember, after each section of session of Call of Duty, I I played thirty minutes of Flower, uh, the that game company, Flower Simulation game or Wind Simulation game. Wind Simulation or Petal Simulation game. <laughs> yeah, and and I remember how I needed that. It was a break, and it was oh, and that's that's actually a strong. Imp- I I only remember now, but I can say that Haven is inspired by that feeling yeah yeah there's some sounds that evoke flower there so probably subconsciously you were channeling flower as you were uh, probably the, the tall grass is, is yeah. comes from that i, I don't have a, i'm, I'm really <laughs> that as i speak yeah okay yeah there we go it's just the way it is it's what this show does it draws out things <laughs> that you didn't know is going in on your brain but uh yep. no, no i mean i do enjoy Halloween. in fact we had them on as guests uh, um, uh, to talk about Valhalla, so yeah, um, you know it, it has its place. It's just oh my god, there's so much to it. Uh, and uh, you're right, games like Haven, just you know, enough of that flannel. Let's get back to what really matters, and that's a relationship between two people that you want to protect, because that's what Haven's about. It's not about the place. It could be set anywhere, any time. And I do, I do love the fact that there's nothing explained to you as well in Haven. Very li- the only thing you find out is through the eyes of these two people who live in that space. And you have to tease out information, details about the society and culture they come from because of their interaction between each other and what they say. And it's, it's fascinating how you did that. But anyway... I let players discover that for themselves uh, because Haven, as I said, it's out now. It's an exceptional game. Go get it. It's awesome. Americ, it's been wonderful yes. having you on the show again. I'm very, very happy uh, that you invited me back. Yeah. That means that I didn't uh, completely fail last time. <laughs> you did not. You certainly did not. And you're more than welcome to return. Because we'll be here, cool. we will, to talk about um, uh, Burgle and, and Oink's adventures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure, yeah. Maybe it's going to be that game, maybe <laughs> another game. We'll see in four years. Yeah. Hopefully it's three. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to rival Jack and Daxter. Be great. 
<laughs> but in the meantime, thank you very much. Thank you too. You have been listening to the Sausage Factory podcast, part of the Cane and Rinse Collective. Support us for just two US dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash cane and rinse for early, extended and exclusive podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube and at our website, canerinse.com.